Welcome to another episode of For What It's Worth. An introduction to and an exploration of the furry fandom. I'm a horrible person. You'd leave stuff laying around? Sometimes it's best to take a break. No, no, you can't do that because I seriously think of Five Nights at Fred Meyer every time someone says that. Kick up your paws and get back to the basics. Well, we have a choice here. Yeah, tell them what our choice is. What are the choices? Limbago in Idaho. What the hell? Get together with friends and consider the deeper questions. There are certain women I just want to bitch slap. (laughs) (laughs) So in summary, people are awful. (laughs) It's it's kind of true. At least that's what Nuka, Rue, Click, and Sammy will attempt to do as they discuss today's topic. What makes a furry? Hello and welcome to For What It's Worth. I'm your host, Nuka, and here with me are my uh, a myriad of co-hosts today. So we have with us uh, Sammy, Click, Vaus, and Rue. Say hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. Hi, everyone. Hi, everybody. <laughs> I'm Rue. Excellent. That was per- perfectly coordinated. I would expect nothing less from For What It's Worth. So um, We're a trash fire. <laughs> <laughs> something like that. Speaking of Depends trash, on the day. Speaking of trash fires, COVID, I'm over it now. Yay! You mean we don't have to go back to the resilience episode and, you Uh, know, (laughs) pretend to be resilient again? (laughs) I sounded so horrible in that episode. I think we both sounded pretty awful in that episode. It it was. That was was probably one of the hardest episodes that I've recorded in a long time. And it's not, it wasn't a sexy, you know, hard. It was a, (laughs) it was actual hard. It was bad. I mean, I, I had know. to be resilient. I don't think it sounded that bad. Th- thankfully, my I've uh, spent the past week uh, recovering from COVID, and uh, it's and it's a good thing too because I have my uh, my teaching this week. I go back to teaching this week, and uh, I can tell you it's uh, chaos in the teaching fronts. Trying to decide: Are we going back to in-person classes? Are we going back to online classes? The school doesn't know. The professors don't know. The students don't know. So it's just uh, a hot little little. Uh, mess of chaos i've read some things online of how bad it is it's like basically this the student was saying like um going through their typical day and they were like hey like um half of the teachers aren't here um we're all in the auditorium and then one person took a take-home test oh they gave everybody take-home tests And instead of like testing them, they took take home tests and then kids were like in the bathrooms doing them. Right. Yeah. So then a kid tests is positive and then the kids are like screaming out of the bathroom like this. This child (laughs) is like has the plague. So, yeah, I've heard some pretty massive horror stories on that that particular front. And I've heard that it's really hard to be a teacher right now. So and you're living it. Yeah. So, He's so living the dream, didn't you know? Hopefully your guys' uh, week has been uh, going better. How's, how's your, your past uh, week or so been for all y'all? Um, my Mine has been pretty good. I mean, um, I've been playing a lot of this game called The Forest. Um, been um, Actually, all of us here okay. have been playing The Forest. Um, Voss ended up sending, setting up a nice little server. And we've been running around trying to kill cannibals and and not die. And I I've learned very quickly that Rue cannot build stairs, at all. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Rue should not play that game alone, or he'll start destroying stuff, on accident. I mean, 
it doesn't even matter if you're alone or not. You still destroy things, the, even when we're all there. The tree was in the way of the stairs when it was falling. The stairs should have moved. Well, what about the zip line that you intentionally destroyed? Hey, at least I fixed it. I didn't intentionally do it. Anywho, uh-huh. what have you been up to, Sammy? Uh, Not a whole ton other than, you know, working as we do. But yeah, the force has been a lot of fun. Um. How many times have we died in that game? I mean, we... Not many. I, I well, think... on the server, not many. When Rue and I played alone, oh. we died a whole ton. <laughs> uh, yeah, because we chose to to uh, build in its spawn in the point, worst spot. apparently. Yeah. That we learned later. Yeah. We were like, oh, there's a lake here. Yeah. Oh, this is perfect. Exactly. And that went horribly, horribly well. <laughs> no, it didn't. Um, And then I am... Looking at going back to school for a little bit, so I'm probably going to be coming another one of these IT firms that r- run the internet. <laughs> so I um, just got approved um, to start my uh, A plus certificate. Um, yeah, thanks. So I'll be doing that on the side while I continue to work full time because that's the only way you could do it these days <laughs> um so that'll start in the next few weeks here for me but other than that it's just kind of the same old same old trying to avoid the plague as much as possible and <laughs> and keep going so what about you click yeah well i got the plague yeah last month you had yeah, covid I just had like nuka and then I'm pretty I hear sure it's going it turned, around. Into, turned into pneumonia, so it lasted a month. It sucked. But I'm over it, and now I'm just working, because that's what I do. Hey. Hey. Sound guy. Do, do you want Do you want to say what you've been up to? The hell do you want? <laughs> <laughs> what do you want? Anybody remember that guy? <laughs> Coming in my booth? I don't think so. Mm-mm. What's happened to your voice? Have you been taking testosterone? <laughs> no, I got the tickets to the Backstreet Boys reunion tour from Click. <laughs> <laughs> Had to dump them on somebody. Oh, no. So what have you been up to? I've, oh, as you just said, I've been setting up servers, rebuilding the computer, uh, working, and then, I don't know, I got my booster and then I died for two days. Miraculously, oh. you didn't get the plague from Click, so yeah, that's which impressive. Because no. I got it, it hit me hard, and we lived together. So yeah. Hmm. So I mean, you got to give kudos to your immune system, well, I guess. I have, I have a pretty solid theory on how I got it, but I don't. Rumors I don't of your sure. death have been greatly exaggerated. Yes. <laughs> I feel that I got lucky. Either I'm just have it and asymptomatic. Or I've just never gotten it because I've never been sick for it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess uh, it's uh, time before we jump into the rest of the episode. It's time to uh, go to everyone's favorite segments. I mean, that's what people say, but I think that it's just cannon fodder. I think that they're just trying to make me feel good. (laughs) Well, that's just we like to say nice things, but the bed is a disaster at this point. Yeah. Well, let's ha- okay. Let's have it, Rue, and part us with your, your cookie-based wisdom. So, let's see what's in the cookie today. 
Will he reuse another one? Is he ready? Is he going to bed with pastries again? It's Ruse Cookie Time, not sponsored by Betty Crocker. You will overcome difficult times in bed with a cookie. Who the fuck bought this? This is so generic. That's not a fortune. What? <laughs> it's a, it's oh, oh here, here you go. Here you go. Here's a, I have another one for you. Love your inner family. Love yourself in bed with a cookie. Your inner family. My inner family. I do too. <laughs> So the, the topic today is a little bit of a different one. You notice we have the whole uh, round table format going here because uh, we're taking it back to the basics. We're going all the way back to the very, very beginning. I ask you about the simplest question you can ask, which is what, is, what does it mean to be a furry? And uh, you know me, you know Nuka and his first science shtick. Uh, we decided, uh, because we, we've run into this problem where we've been writing papers about furries for almost a decade now, and it's sort of been brought to our attention that when you kind of impose a definition of furry, you sort of say what furry is, but, uh, you know, you don't actually have anywhere written down like a nuanced paper about well, what is furry. We just kind of put a one sentence, oh, it's a, a fandom, because that's what it is in the context of social psychology. But, you, you know, you don't point to a paper anywhere where you actually lay out the nuances. And so... Recently, we did a survey uh, in 2021. We did a big international survey of furries. And among the hundreds of questions we asked to more than 1,500 furries worldwide, uh, we asked the simple question in a very open-ended fashion. Hey, what does being a furry mean to you? Big empty box. And so what we did was we got these responses from 1,500 furries, mostly from the US, Canada, Europe, and China. We had a surprising number of folks from China at this time. And uh, so we took all of that and we tried to sort of code it and put them into categories and organize the data. And so what we're going to do today, what I think would be useful, would be to go through the 10 most common sort of categories that emerged, see some quotes from, from people in the actual studies, so from actual furries worldwide, and then see whether that jives with our own experience as to how we as individuals would, would describe furries. So that's sort of the the plan of action for today. That's why I've gathered you all here um, for this purpose, to be sort of a soundboard for these ideas. Um, I'm so glad that you gathered us all here yes, today. Yes, <laughs> my, my, my little, uh, 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 that's what I'm looking for, my, my Justice Harem? League of Focus Furries. Group. <laughs> Just, Focus group. That was a better term. That was a better term. Okay, so the starting, I guess, with the number one. This is the most popular, the most common answer. Uh, and actually, it was kind of validating because we've been calling it a fandom 
And it turns out the number one way that people describe furry for them is as a group, a culture, or some kind of a fandom. So uh, I got a few quotes here from, from folks and we'll see what you guys think. So uh, some of the quotes include, uh, it's a sense of community and belonging. Uh, it's an internet community like anime or bronies where people go when they can't otherwise socialize. It's being part of a community of people that I have actual interest in and can enjoy socializing with, not just socializing because I have to like work, uh, having genuine common interests rather than mere common experiences or backgrounds. To me, being furry is more about the community than about liking anthros. And then it means having a community of individuals interested in the same topics, but beyond that, not much. My friends are my friends because we share mutual interests, etc. beyond the fandom. The fandom just provides a foundation upon which to build real interactions. So all these are kind of tied together by this belief that furry is first and foremost a, a group or a culture or a fandom. So what do you guys think? Is that, that your thoughts? Anyone agree or horribly disagree with that? Yes, mostly. <laughs> um, it, it, there's definitely a sense of community. Um, I, I wouldn't base all of it on the fact that it's a community. It's kind of a basis for other interaction. Um, to an extent, I would agree. Basically, you know, based on those answers and my own thinking, to 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 break it down to its most basic answer, furry is an excuse. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> well, really, I mean, it's an excuse to, and it's an excuse for um, people who have a hard time socializing to go out and socialize. It's an excuse to unwind, let go. You know what I mean? It it and it puts you in a in a different in a different world. I I like how every time you ask this kind of question, anime and bronies come up. Most people probably still don't know what bronies are, but at least anime for the general public kind of opens a window into oh this is what they do even though public perception of anime cons is kind of the same as furry cons at this point but that's a whole different subject <laughs> but yeah like i said you know furry furry is an excuse and and as far as this set of answers goes it's it's just that it's an excuse to socialize it's an excuse to meet people you know to to break outside of your comfort zone and and do things you, I don't know, not necessarily wouldn't do normally, but just to to socially open up. Yeah. To be honest with you guys, like uh, I, I would like to ask a a, a question with, with that pertains to this, and that's like, would you say that a majority of your friends are furries? Yes, I'd say that is a good question. About fifty percent. All of my friends are furries at this point. I don't socialize with anybody anymore who I haven't met through the fandom. And why Why do you think that that is? Because all the people that I've met through the fandom are cool, and all the people I knew like in high school are dicks. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty good reason. You know what I mean? So, so if you think about it, you know, it, growing up through school, family, whatever— you're you're stuck 
trying to meet and hang out with people. You're stuck with the same couple hundred, couple thousand people, right? All through school, unless you move around a lot. But so you, so you, you know, you pick out your groups and your friends based on the the pool that you have to draw from, right? Well, then you get into this fandom, and now you have millions of people that you can meet and hang out with, and uh, you know, there, it's it's a much bigger pool of people, interest wise, uh, beliefs, um, you know, social standards. You have much more opportunity to meet the people who you actually connect with in a fandom with millions of members versus a high school with a thousand. Are we a cult? <laughs> I mean, you think about it too much, every fandom could probably be considered a cult yeah. because every group has their their things that they do, their do's and do nots, you know. But no, I'm in 100% agreement of the the fandom side. Like, I wouldn't consider it a culture in and of itself, um, but definitely a fandom. Um, because I'm the same. I equate it to the same as the anime fans, the video game fans, you know, yeah. all of that stuff stems, I think, from the same human desire of wanting a group to belong to and wanting to have friends and acquaintances and people around you that have the same interests and mm-hmm. the same um, things you know that you can talk about and enjoy together because all we want at the end of the day is is people like us you know? <laughs> exactly we we want people that we are comfortable with and can be ourselves around hey nuka i have another question can you define culture uh yeah so culture is sort of uh, um it, it's one of those big broad contests but the gist of it is it's like shared norms and values right so it's as a group um you sort of uh, you sort of agreed upon a certain set of norms or values so things like okay well we all agree that uh in this context we're going to speak english we all agree that uh certain things are appropriate and not appropriate to talk about we all agree that there are certain political views that are appropriate and off limits we all agree that you know and so on and so forth this is what constitutes cultures right we all agree on a certain shared set of uh, rules that we're going to to operate by. So, with the reason why I asked that question is because I I really really believe that that we are a culture, you know, in some way or form. Like it's like there are some things that I can go and tell a furry that there is no way that I could go and tell my coworkers <laughs> that. I mean, of course, I wouldn't be telling them that at work necessarily, but you know, maybe we're just down at the bar. Yeah. You know, I might not go and tell them, hey, guys, guess what? I run this lovely, you know, kinky group that we we do once in a while. Like, but I might tell a furry that, you know, and and I know that that's going to be like, I mean, but it depends on the furry, right? Because not, I can't necessarily generalize that enough to say that everybody would be comfortable with me saying that. Nuka, you might not be comfortable with me saying that. Well, I would say, you know. I would say that it's it's a subculture, right? So we think about it as a people might think it sounds a little weird to say the furry culture because it gives it the sense of of importance and significance. And you say, well, you know, being American is a culture, but it seems weird to call furry a culture. But it's a subculture. It's a a culture that exists within a bigger culture. 
uh, it's it's globe spanning, right? So it's a subculture that exists that kind of transcends international boundaries by virtue of the fact that we have Chinese, American, and European participants all in the same sample. Um, so that's, that's kind of cool. Uh, but I would also say, I guess, to, to maybe wrap up this point, um, it's worth considering whether or not uh, furry would be the same thing if you were the only person on the planet to be a furry. Would it be the same thing or would it have lost something by losing that social component to it? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I'm in agreement with Click. Is it's definitely different when you've got a large group or oh, even yeah. a even a small group. Well, it's you know, I mean, look at it's been a while, but you know, think back on when you first started to discover furry. You know, before you knew what it really was, you you know, at, at some point. You all, you know what I mean? Everybody goes through that point of, you know, damn, am I the only one? Mm-hmm. You know, there's got to be other people, but I don't know any yet. So, you know, look at look at how much your world opens up once you realize there's locals and, and, then, and then, you know, not locals and then internationally and then figure out that this is worldwide. I felt like that I was going home to a place that I never knew. Like, I, I was going home to a home that I have didn't know was there. That I didn't know existed. Right. And so it was like, wow, I can be my true self. I can be who I want to be. It gives shape and structure to it too, doesn't it? Because uh, I, I, you know, a lot of us can remember sort of wandering in the, you know, you, 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 maybe you have a couple of shows you like, or you have an artist you follow, but like, you don't know any of the terminology. You don't know any of the norms. Like it's just sort of this, this collective, weird non-specific interest you have but as soon as you find the fandom and you realize there's a whole terminology for this there's a whole structure and organization to this there's there's people who thought about this way more than you have out there and have done some of the legwork to organize and structure this space yep yeah the community absolutely transforms your perception of it yeah uh i think it might be uh worth switching to the second one because i think that we'll find a lot of uh interesting T- uh, ways to dovetail this with the next point. And this surprised me in the data because the first thing people mentioned was that it's a group or a fandom. That, that came up number one. Number two was the idea that it's an interest in anthropomorphic animals. So even before you know, the actual interest in animals, people put the, the group. But uh, the second point, it's an interest in anthropomorphic animals. We have a couple of quotes here and then we can talk about them. So the quotes are... Uh, a fan of, uh, so a furry is a fan of anthropomorphic animal fiction or fantasy in art or writing, as well as other mediums, almost exclusively warm-blooded furred living creatures. So to this person, it, it revolves almost exclusively around warm-blooded furred living creatures. Another quote here, a lover of anthropomorphic animals, whether in visual arts, literature, or something else, usually connected with a love of non-anthropomorphic animals, but that doesn't have to be the case. Uh, third one, it's an interest in anthropomorphic animals. If you're interested, you are to a degree a furry. The fourth one, a fan of anthropomorphic animal characters. It's on the basis of self-identification. So you can be a fan of anthro characters, but not a furry if you choose. So that one kind of disagrees with the previous one. And finally, it's just an interest in anthropomorphic animal characters. I don't feel there's any other qualification for it. So again, throwing it to the room, what do you think about this idea that, you know, where, where, where is the interest in anthropomorphic animals? Is it a necessity? Is it only furred creatures? Is it, uh, 
Uh, is that all you need is to just like anthropomorphic animals? What do you what do you think? I mean, I think anthropomorphic planes are like the best thing in the whole world. <laughs> so, like, so brave what? little toaster. That's what got me into the fandom, guys. Plane sonas. <laughs> toaster sonas. I don't think I don't know how do I put this. I can't you can't really say it's a necessity, but it's definitely a basis for the fandom. I mean, obviously, if, you know, furries are based around anthropomorphic animals. I mean, there's no, there's, there's no getting around it. I don't know that it's necessary, but it, it's kind of, well, maybe it is. I don't think you would find the fandom, the furry fandom, without that. Yeah, that's what, yeah. If, and that's where I I agree with the it doesn't have to be anthropomorphic in the sense of on two legs cuz I mean a lot of us when we were younger it was Lion King it was right. More it feral was characters. the four-legged yeah where they were human like in their personality and their portrayal even though they weren't technically anthro characters. Right. Well, but I, I think I f- that's where people get confused with anthropomorphic because, you know, the, in, in my understanding, anthropomorphic is is a basic human... Um, An animal with human characteristics. characteristics yeah. They don't have to walk on two legs. Right, right. But, yeah, you're right. You're, you're exactly right. Cartoon characters, animals that talk, animals that act... In in human emotion, you know that kind of thing. So yeah, I think you, I think you pretty much hit it on the head. Without without that aspect of it, you wouldn't really even consider the furry fandom. Well, speaking, you have no reason to look for it. And right. speaking to that point, I've definitely met people, not just in the furry fandom, but also in the My Little Pony fandom. I've met people who. It's almost like they, they really agree with the first one, with the, the furry is a fandom or brony is a fandom, but not with the second one. And so they're like, they hang out with furries. They're among furries. They, they, they hang out with furries. But then I'm like, oh, what shows do you like? Oh, I don't really like any furry shows. What artists do you like? Oh, I don't really like any furry artists. And you're almost like, well, then why, why are you here? And like, well, I like the social components of the fandom. I'm just not really big into the furry thing, which is, which always said, maybe it's just me. That, that to me seems a little bit strange. But perhaps I'm yeah. the weird one for thinking that's strange. Perhaps <laughs> it's not so strange. No, I, I have to say that that's an outlier. I, I don't know. That's my opinion, that that's an outlier in the situation. Yeah, maybe. Well, and that's that's just it. I mean, you know, you... you it, I don't know. It's it's kind of a weird perspective from somebody like me because, like I said, I have I don't hang out with literally anybody who I haven't met through the fandom anymore. So it's, you know... People, it, you know, it is possible to find friends that you will keep through, you know, for a lifetime through school. And maybe you find the fandom. They don't really get it, but they hang out with you. So then they get kind of sucked into the social aspect of everything. They kind of go, you know, like, oh, well, I'll come so, with you to that con. You know, you hang whatever. out with furries, but you're not a furry. Yeah. And that's where, like, where you find it. Because, Going off that note is I have two friends from high school who were furries while we were in high school and I wasn't. And I, for ages, they wouldn't tell me anything about it. And I'd bug them (laughs) all the time. 
and eventually, you know, they're like, you know, I kind of they opened up and a little bit, know, and yeah. then I did my own digging, and I was like, dude, this shit's awesome. Why did you not tell me? And I still give them a hard time about it to this day because we're still friends, right? But we're only still friends, I think, because of because the of the fandom, yeah. yeah. So I have one more thought, and then we probably should go to the next next part. But um, I was wanting to say that, let me tell you, reptile furries are hot as fuck. Like 100%. <laughs> Thick tails. Like, those are amazing. <laughs> so I 100% disagree with the that they're exclusively warm-blooded. Yeah, the warm-blooded oh, yeah, fuzzy sure. thing is, yeah. I think, I mean, I think most know, furries would agree with it that idea, yeah. I, I also think that's where a lot of people start with the warm, of course. blooded, fuzzy you, of mammal. Course, you and know, then they're like, oh, wait, I can do more. What's the number one, you know, uh, oh, hey, I guess I'm a furry. I'm going to be a wolf yeah. or a dragon. You know, not to take away from, from people who have that character. Are you saying but... that I have a basic bitch sonar? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I'm not a wolf. I'm You're a fox. fox. <laughs> well, right, but. You know, most of the people that I've seen, you know, you come into the fandom and and you don't, you don't think about all these other species at first, right? Until you start looking into it, and then it's, oh, hey, maybe I identify with this more. In some in some ways, furry is almost a misnomer because when when you hear furry, it almost sets this expectation that it's only warm blooded fur creatures, and in actuality, well, actually, right. it's, you know, there's more to it than that. It's kind of a more, it's, it's more of a, a carryover of historic. Uh, terminology rather than an accurate description of the, the species in this fashion. Yeah, exactly. For sure. All right, so let's jump it over to the the third point that came up. So uh, in addition to saying that it's a, a group in a fandom, it's a, a place where people uh, have an interest in anthropomorphic animals, the number three most common point that people raise is this is a place for self-expression, inspiration, or creativity. So a, a few quotes here to warm us up. Uh, it's a me. It means uh, it's, it's a means to better understand and express parts of myself I wouldn't have a place for otherwise. Uh, being a furry means expressing a more complex or deep identity than is possible through other means. In a way, I think of it like my gender, a core piece of how I understand and view myself. It's a way to express both what I am and what I would like myself to be. It gives me a way to express myself in a non-human form. For me, seeing myself as a human actually causes my discomfort and dysphoria, so it provides a sense of relief from this. For me, this is an important part of my identity. Although I don't have a persona that I regularly use, and although I don't dress up in a fursuit, and although I don't believe I'm actually an animal at heart, I'm drawn to these anthropomorphic animal characters in a deep way. When I look at them, they produce a feeling of recognition, like I'm seeing a part of myself. For this reason, I tend to avoid expressions such as furry fandom that imply that furriness is a casual interest or a hobby like watching anime or playing games. Finally, it's the ability to declare who and what you are irrespective of the general public opinion without judgment or prejudice from your peers. So what do you guys think? Do you agree with that thoughts? Do you disagree? Well, that goes back to my, you know, excuse analogy. Yeah. You know, it it's it, it's a window that basically gives you the opportunity to to express yourself. Exactly that. You know, it's it's I don't know I don't know how to put it better. It's an excuse to express yourself, and it gives you a direction to to focus all that uh, your creativity, basically. 
and I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of pick on the the one where it talks about furriness being casual, like watching anime or playing video games and that kind of stuff. Because we've already talked, uh, kind of talked on that before. But again, I think a lot of it. So I'm someone that initially, my big interest when I was younger was mostly anime. And I still have a huge interest in anime. I still love anime. I think a lot of it depends on your personal level of involvement. I've been going to conventions since I was 16, and those started as anime conventions. That's what I went to. Over the years, I started branching out, going to furry cons and all that. Now that's mainly what I go to is fur cons. I just find for my own personal enjoyment, I find fur cons just have more going on of what I enjoy. But I think a lot of it has to do with your own personal opinion on that. Because at the end of the day, even though I'm way more involved in the furry fandom, I still, for myself, consider it as a fandom just like I consider anime and everything else a fandom. You know, it just happens to take up more time of, you know, more of my free time than anything else does because that's what I choose. Right. Well, that's that's one of the best aspects of the furry fandom. You don't have to be a lifestyler. You don't have to have a fursuit. You don't have to be able to draw. You, you know, it can be a casual hobby. It can be, you know, a small side gig. It can be, you know, I don't want to say life consuming because, you know, once you're interrupting normal life, then you have a problem. <laughs> it's called an obsession. It, right. But, you know, that's the beautiful thing about it is you don't have to you don't have to dedicate a certain amount of your life to it. It's, you know, it's, it's a very open fandom that way. Well, I do like the, uh, the, the heterogene heterogeneity in here too, because one of the, one of the criticisms that we've rightly, you know, received from people when we talk about furry, we say, oh, it's a fandom because we study it as a fandom as social psychologists. And they say, well, not everyone agrees with you. And this is perfect example in just these three little points. We've seen people who completely disagree with, with each other, people who call themselves furries but who don't agree, right? Some who say, well, first and foremost, it's a fandom. And others who say, don't call it a fandom. It's not a fandom. It's a, it's an aspect of my self-expression. And both are perfectly valid, right? Not, one person is not right and the other person is wrong or vice versa. Um, both people are, are getting something entirely different out of furry. And that's okay. Exactly. So my opinion is, is that, um, or my thoughts, is that for myself, we are told so much things that we can and cannot do and there's things within society that we can do and there's things that we can't but when i put rue on when i am in suit when i'm out entertaining people or like it's this i it's a sense of free like being free of those social norms being free of being told to act a certain way and it gives me the ability to gain that confidence of being able to be myself. But you don't have to have a fursuit to do that either. Just the whole aspect of having a fursona, like it's, it helped me because I, these guys know me with how I used to be. And I've changed a lot. 
than what I used to be. And um, I, I feel like that it gave me the opportunity to, you know, jump in and try out a different personality, try out something different. In, in, in other words, escapism, right? It gave me that ability to have that self-expression of who I was deep down inside and learn more things about myself without having to feel the pressure of religion or the pressure of, you know, my parents or the, you know, the people that were around me at the time. It, it gave me that sense of, of freedom to be able to have self-expression. Yeah. Well, and don't get me wrong on me saying it's a fandom because I'm a hundred percent a lifestyler at this point. It's just my personal definition for how I kind of divide things in my life because all these guys know is like, this is what I do. This is my life at this point. Well, let's, uh, let's uh, contrast that, I guess, with the fourth point before we go to break here. Uh, the fourth point that came up was that it, so in, in contrast to someone saying that it's a lifestyle or it's a form of self-expression or authenticity, uh, some folks say, well, no, it's, it's just about the content itself. It's about a certain type of art, a certain type of writing, certain media content. Here's some, some quotes to that. Uh, it's an appreciation for character design and stories that involve creatures with human intelligence, but more than human bodies. It's an appreciation for biology and science and animal behavior and facts and diversity and an ability to connect those things to oneself and one's self-expression. An appreciation for arts, design, symbolism and self-freedom through more than just human imagery. It's appreciating furry arts, especially if one appreciates it more than other genres of arts. It's being a fan, not just of anthropomorphic animals and media, but also of the arts and culture that's developed within the furry community. Uh, it's being a fan of works, so art, stories, movies, songs, where animals are given human-like qualities. And it's having a strong interest in anthropomorphic animal characters in arts, video games, TV, movies, and literature. So not just it's a fascination with the concept of anthropomorphism, but it's really about the media, the content itself that drives this. And so uh, one might say that this stands in stark contrast to the previous point, where rather than being deep and significant and meaningful, this one's saying, well, it's like an aesthetic. It's, it's, it's a particular type of media you prefer. Well, that goes back to talking about the openness of the fandom. Mm -hmm. You know, that's why I, I, I love the question of what is furry. Because you, in this study, you actually worded it correctly. It's, what does furry mean to you? Because you can't just be like, what is furry? Because it's always going to be different for, for everybody. Mm. You know, if, if the, the three of the four of us in this room, we're all very similar, but furry is significantly different for all of us. For some people, yes, it's all about the art. It's all about, you know, the, the creative end of things. And that's fine. You know, but for somebody like me, I can't draw stick figures. Mm. So, <laughs> you know, I love the art. I, I, you know, I absolutely love free art and, and, and the artistic aspect of the fandom. I just can't participate in it <laughs> but it's hard to imagine furry being what it is if you were to take all of the art all the media out of it would there still be a furry fandom i think it would be very different yeah it, it would, would be it very would, very I think different it would be very different it would be boring i mean <laughs> yeah it'd be like church never mind church. no there you go. <laughs> quiet don't say that word <laughs> but kind of going back to what i said earlier um we 
someone won't look for furry unless they have a specific interest in that something they're looking for in that media. Yeah. You know, that's I think that's a lot of where a lot of us start is the you know, I really like this this media. I really like these movies. <laughs> I really like this show. You you I I don't know, you know, I haven't studied it. But I that thought just popped in my head. I would be willing to bet that a majority of the furries nowadays stumbled upon some piece of furry art and liked it and then started looking for where this came from. Down the rabbit hole. You know what I mean? (laughs) You know, older furries, we all grew up with, you know, cartoon characters and we use, you know, Disney characters for a scapegoat. But I would honestly, there's enough furry art out there and it's becoming mainstream enough that I would be willing to bet that at least a good portion of the furries nowadays stumbled on something and then, yeah, went down the rabbit hole trying to find out where it came from. It's a gateway drug. I mean, honestly, <laughs> when it comes to the fandom, it feeds the fandom. Like, for example, we have the the bad guys that just barely, you know, the trailer that released. Yeah. What happened when somebody, when they ended up seeing that wolf? Right. It created this I mean, great big huge topic and all the furries were singing and howling about how great and I don't all think the it was even an hour until and... I saw the first fan art. Like right. it was as I saw the fan art before I saw the trailer. <laughs> Me too actually. Like, I was like, What is this wolf everyone's talking about? And then like an hour later I'm like, Oh, there's the trailer. I've never seen the trailer. Yeah. <laughs> but I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. <laughs> all right, well let's uh let's uh take a break right here. Go take a tinkle. <laughs> this is Ashton Sergal coming at you from Papago Military Reservation in Phoenix, Arizona. Now drop your kit and grab your Joes because you're listening to For What It's Worth. Thank you, Ashton, for that ident. Anybody who's interested in sending an ident can send it to our speak pipe. Oh God! What? What is that noise? I no, can hear it. I feel. I feel burning. It's I feel coming. burning within my soul. <laughs> <laughs> no. That's right. It is the time when we thank our lovely Patreons for making this whatever you want to call it possible. Uh, to donate, you can donate to us at patreon.com slash fwiw, that's for what it's worth. And uh, lovely Patreons like Sly, Ashton Circle, Yarl, the Spirit Wolf, Big Bear Luno, GW, Some Jerk Named Nuka, Koru, Bubble Whip, Adelore Solfair, Moss, 
Chepogriff, Aussie K, Black Bald Rick, Ligris, Kit, Ichigo Okami, Simone Parker, Guardian Lion, Rifka Fox, and Harlan Fox. Uh, it's a shame to hear that music leave. Yeah, Rook can put his headphones uh, back thank on. God. <laughs> uh, hi guys, I, I'm back now. Speaking of back I now, feel my... let's yeah, let's jump into. So we, we've done the first four sort of most common answers. Number five, I think, is going to resonate with a bunch of people. Uh, so the number five most common answer to the question "What is furry?" Uh, has to do with personas, an alternate self, or some kind of wish fulfillment. So. Here's some of the quotes on that subject. It's admiring and adopting certain characteristics of animals that one feels an affinity towards. It's not necessarily platonic, but it's not necessarily sexual either. It's being a better version of myself or who I want to be, but with a fun character to represent myself. It's being a furry is more casual form of otherkinism to me. My character is more of myself in day-to-day life and it allows me to see myself through a lens that's more appealing and relatable. It also helps me to express my inner self better to others who are in the fandom. It's a major part uh, of it is exploration of what you would like to be and look like if you were a creature yourself with emphasis on distancing yourself from the way you normally look in real life. Your persona or multiple or characters, etc., doesn't necessarily have to be the same gender or sexual identity or look that you have. Being a furry lets you explore yourself in a multitude of ways and is accepted as a norm and openly welcomed or even encouraged. And finally, having an anthropomorphic character or persona that you use as an alternate identity that you can use as an extension of yourself online or around other furries. So what do you think, guys? Is furry all about fursonas? I don't know if it's all about fursonas. It's definitely, you know, it's like everything else. It's, It's a major aspect of it, though. You know, it's fun to come up with a character. You know, like I mentioned before, most people come into the fandom and it's like, oh, I must be a wolf or, a, you know, or a dragon. But then they, you start, you know, you start looking into other animals and other characters and then you develop your own character. And, and a lot of personas are based on personality traits. It's definitely a good way to self-express in a way that most regular society doesn't allow. It kind of lets you think about yourself in a different way than the normal expectations, which is definitely kind of freeing for for some of us. You know, those of us that have perhaps lived in a more... Highly well, religious oh, life. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to try Highly and be structured. a little nicer about it. <laughs> But, you know, when we're, it's being shoved down our throat all of our life of this is how you must be and this is who you have to be. And if you aren't, then, you know, there's something very much wrong with you. <laughs> Asterisk, for what it's worth, does not hate religion. No, but, you know. What's interesting, <laughs> what's interesting to me about it is that even though I think we all agree, or, or I, I don't want to speak for anyone here, but it seems like we mostly agree that a persona isn't necessary or, or that it's not what, you know, that's not the defining feature of furry necessarily. But our data does seem to show that more that about 90 to 95% of furries has a persona, which is interesting. So it's not necessary and it may not even be the thing that gets you into furry per se, but most furries do have one as kind of a side effect. Yeah, yeah it's, kind of, it's kind of a natural progression. You know, you find furry 
or or something that leads you to discover the furry fandom, you know, and then you get to go through the process of coming up with a character and building a character and 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 like I said, you know, you figure out which personality traits you want to portray or not portray or you know like like one of the answers says you know it it doesn't have to be anything about you really mm. yeah. you know you're it's just a character so yeah it's not necessary but it's definitely a fun process well i think uh speaking to what rue said earlier when talking about culture i think it's a perfect example of of a norm of the fandom when you're a new furry and you get into the fandom and you see that most people have a fursona i think there's just an expectation that this is what you're supposed to do so I think most furries create a fursona because that's what everyone else is doing. So they feel like yeah, they sort of should. Right. Yeah. yeah, that's understandable too. Okay, with with that out of the way, I think the next one's going to speak to something we talked about uh, pretty well. And you, you guys kind of covered this one already a little bit, but we'll we'll expand on it and really focus here. Number six is furry is an LGBTQ plus queer space, safe space. Some of the quotes here that speak to that idea. If furry is a community that's incredibly accepting of queer identities without that being the focal point. It's an excuse for community and belonging. It's the anthropomorphic animal parts uh, could be substituted for anything else, but the kindness and queerness of the furry community couldn't. It's being openly queer, kink-friendly. Without it, I wouldn't have discovered who I truly was. Uh, furry is difficult to sum up in any short form, but the most important part would be an identity for my unique outlooks on my queerness and neurodivergence. And finally, to me, it's more than just necessarily enjoying anthropomorphic characters. It's about subverting cultural norms, being a part of a space where the identity you put out is you, where people can be unabashedly queer and find solace in the fact that you know there are others like you because those people surround you and are a part of your life. It's powerful. So what do you think? Is is, is queerness and, and, and queer space part of what makes furry furry? Yes. For me, it does anyway. As most people know, I'm a trans man, and I wouldn't have found that part of myself without the furry community. I, again, as we've joked about, we come from a pretty religious area, was very much the, you know, sheltered, not taught or told about those things because they're bad yeah, and those whatever. Those things are bad. Yeah. So I actually met the first transgender people I met were in the furry fandom. And it allowed me, using my fursona, allowed me to play with those identities and really help me go, hey, this is really nice this makes me really happy and really comfortable with myself yeah and it gave me that starting point of okay this is where i need to go next and that wouldn't have happened i don't think that at least now i might have maybe in a few more years i don't know because i don't know where i'd be otherwise but i don't think that would have happened if i didn't have the fandom so sorry guys i'm gonna bring up the r word again <laughs> bruce just busted in okay. here we go so yeah. i'm a i'm a byu gay furry and so i went to good old byu which those that don't know you know what byu it's brigham young university which is a lovely school that's down here in utah 
Now, over at BYU, they have gay clubs now where you could have you can go and you can i i never was part of any of those gay clubs i'm surprised they, they even let them happen they yeah. say that they are accepting of people that are gay and that you can be at byu and be gay and i don't know about you but i feel like that it's being accepting with an asterisk and um that's how i kind of felt is that i i wasn't i was never open about you know my sexuality to any of my peers that was there because i knew that it was going to be highly judged you know even when i was in church you know i went to a singles ward a good old and what a singles ward is is they the church throws in like all of the single people into one ward so that they can get shacked up with each other but because <laughs> if you're not married by 23, God help you, uh, basically. But anyways, I know I'm rambling a little bit. I just wanted to say that I fir- firmly agree that it is a safe space for um, for somebody like me to be able to truly be myself. It was only until I got into the furry community that I was able to be more open about my sexuality. Yeah, well, I think the first point in this list pretty much nailed it. It's it's a very open, very accepting community, but that's not what it's about. Like it's very open and accepting without that being the focal point of it, which is great. What's hugely important from a, a, a psychological perspective too. There's a ton of research, for example, on um, gay men's recreational sports leagues as being hugely helpful for 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 gay men in this case because it's one thing to be part of an LGBTQ you know group. But in that case, you're always meeting where your being gay is always on your mind. And it's kind of nice to have a space where you can just turn it off and your being gay or your being trans just isn't a thing you have to think about. You can just exist as a person without mm-hmm. constantly being on your mind. And furry is, is fantastic for providing that. And I really like that without being the focal point, because here's one of the few spaces where your gender identity isn't something you have to dwell on and constantly feel challenged on and constantly have to be defensive about you can just exist in this space right it doesn't matter you can just be you know i mean not to say that it doesn't matter but it's not an issue at all it's not an issue exactly i don't have to go and be like okay if they find out i'm trans what am i gonna do what am i gonna how am i gonna defend myself yeah but why why is it that way i mean you have other fandoms other communities that isn't that open why is it that we're different because we're all the rejects. We are different. <laughs> <laughs> we're the ones that went, I don't like this. I'm going to go somewhere else. I mean, that's how, that's how I see it. You go to the quilting fandom. Yes, there is one. Uh, you know, they, they're going to have their own culture and social norms. And I don't know about you being LGBT is going to be accepted in the quilting community. I mean, I, I just, I guess I just want to think, like, why is it that this particular community is so accepting of it. Is it because that animals don't really have that particular, you know, they they don't think about, oh, this guy's gay. We can't hang out with him. No, they're thinking, hey, he's really strong and he's a protector. I'm going to, you know, do what I do what I can to, you know, support the the herd or the I don't know. Like, uh, I think you're just overthinking it. Maybe I am overthinking <laughs> it, but, but why is it? Why is it that this community is accepting of, of 
you know, I mean, I think that could be an entire episode by itself just on that topic. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> maybe we could be talking about that for the next half hour if we went into it. I know. I know. I'm getting shot down. <laughs> well, no. well, I think basically it's a, it's we're a self-regulating fandom. But I would say it's the norm of the fandom. We have these norms in place that have been there from yeah. very early on. That This is a queer space. And once the norm is sort of established, it's very hard to upend or change that norm. And so you can ask, where do those norms initially come from? And then you can start getting into, well, norms in the science fiction community from which the uh, furry fandom kind of has its origins and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, I know that people have came in and tried to change those norms. And how successful and have they been? <laughs> uh, there's a reason why that they're called burn furries. Yep. So to shift gears a little bit, we can go to number seven on the list, which I think is a lovely contrast to this, because for a lot of these points, we've been talking about the significance of the fandom. Significant for your identity, significant as an LGBTQ plus safe space, uh, significant for self-expression. But this one kind of says the opposite. It's uh, for some people, the number seven most popular belief is that furry is just a hobby. It's just a thing I do for fun. And some quotes that kind of reflect that. Being furry is a hobby. I'm aware that there's mu it's much more for others, but not for me. Yes, I do like to participate in cons and suit walks, etc. But I keep my, for example, workspace free from furry things. Another quote, it's a hobby for me, not a lifestyle. I enjoy furry art, stories, comics, and other visual media. I have a small group of online friends who share this interest, and most of whom I follow on social media also share this interest. Personally, I enjoy developing and writing about furry characters as well as role-playing. I consider myself a furry due to these interests, but more on the margins of the definition. I don't attend fur meets or conventions, nor do I present or identify as a furry in my real-world life. Another quote, it's just a hobby. Something I find uh, is a fun distraction from everyday life. It's just a hobby, and I like the porn. So, <laughs> so, so what do you guys think? So, so there's a certain contingency of the fandom, it would seem, that say, you know, it's like the opposite of the lifestyle. This is the, I'm just, I just like the, the pictures and the media. I don't want to slap a label on myself or make a big deal about it. Ultimately, to me, I think that there's no wrong answer. I mean, honestly, what people feel like the fandom means to them is what it means to them if they feel like it's a hobby then it's a hobby to me although like the very first one that that stated being furry is a hobby i am aware um that it is much more to others you know that that particular one i personally feel like that person is probably a furry they just don't know the definition of what uh, a lifestyler actually means you know, uh, I and we've done a whole episode about what a lifestyler is and what a hobby is. And by no means am I going to be Judge Rue and go around and say, you don't understand the fandom and you don't, you know, I don't know. I, I know I'm going all over the place here with this, but my feelings are is that, um, you know, I think it's great for for anybody. You can just treat it as a hobby and, you know, you could treat it as a lifestyle. It's it's up to you. I know that I know that Click over here, he um he's into a lot of different communities and not just this one. <laughs> Would you say that it's more of a hobby <laughs> or a lifestyle for yourself? <laughs> and I know that that's yeah. Well, that goes back to what I said earlier. You know, that's one of the great things about this fandom. You can either be a hobbyist or a lifestyler, and it doesn't matter. You don't have to do anything. You, you, your level of involvement is completely dependent on what you want to do. To answer your question, I don't know. I'd say I'm s somewhere in the middle. 
I'm not necessarily a lifestyler. You know, I have furry stuff at work. I have magnets and stuff in my toolbox. I actually have a swatch of fake fur in my toolbox <laughs> <laughs> for some reason. But, you know, I mean, I don't live it. I don't live, you know, eat, drink, and breathe furry 24-7, but it is an aspect of my life all the time. It's where I spend most of my time. I'd, I'd, I'd probably borderline lifestyler, but not like some hardcore lifestylers. So in other words, we're not like making a shaggy dog suit and oh, living Yeah, I'm not in, Boomer the dog. You're, you're not living <laughs> in a dog house and sleeping in it? <laughs> I mean, that I think that that's what people think that a lifestyler is. Right, right. Is they think that it's the that extreme. extreme where you are sleeping in your fursuit every day that, you know, you pee from your fursuit, you eat from your fursuit, you do everything from your fursuit, yeah. including work. No. But you know, and that's like I said, that's the beauty of this fandom is you can you can be one end or the other or anywhere in between and it really doesn't matter. One thing that I really like about this question and one of the answers in particular, that, that one answer that's pretty short, it's uh it's just a hobby and I like the porn. We got kind of a chuckle <laughs> out of that. But I think it reflects something that early on I was rather guilty of, I think, when I first started doing the research. And that was this belief that, well, there are the real furries, and then there are those, there's those folks who are just here for the porn, right? And, and in, my, in my head, I think, I don't think I, I tended to treat those as separate. Like, okay, you're either a furry or you're just here for the porn. And I, I, I think I, I've evolved in my thinking over the years to see, well, well, no, why can't a person consider it a hobby and really like the porn? Say, so the porn's kind of why I'm here. If they call themselves a furry, why, you know, who am I to say that that doesn't count as a furry? And I think furries rightly, I think, push back against some of my initial beliefs on that subject. And I think, uh, you know, it's been important to try to change and recognize that it's 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 a label uh, that you can choose to identify with. And it's, it's sort of up to you. You know, no one gets to decide whether or not you count or don't count as a furry based on your, your behavior. And I think that leads nicely into the next point, uh, number eight which is people saying that it is just an identity. Furry is first and foremost an identity or a label you apply to yourself. So some quotes to speak to that. It's an important part of my identity. Uh, it's an enjoyment of media, usually visual arts depicting animals with some level of anthropomorphism, as well as making such enjoyments part of one's identity. It's being a fan of anthropomorphic characters, but namely it's a label that anyone can put on themselves. I find it very fluid. People can be as involved as they want. They're still furry if that's how they identify. It's having an actual interest in anthropomorphic animals, enough so uh, that you make it part of your identity and dictate how you express yourself. I'm a furry, always have been. This isn't like a brand of car I chose over its competitors. It's just who I am. I can't stop being a furry any more than I can stop being tall. So what do you guys think with this idea that furry is a label that you apply to yourself or an identity. It's something you are rather than something you do. I think that it's a mask. You change your mask when you need to get into different situations. Like for example, um, I can stop being a furry when I'm at work because I'm able to put on a different mask. I'm a different person at work than I am here. 
And maybe that's not fair to myself to compartmentalize, but that's what I have to do in order to be able to get through my job. If I'm sitting there across the table trying to help people help somebody that's in the middle of crisis with the ears and a tell on, that's not going to work. I I can't I can't reach that particular person and be able to help them. You know, and so unfortunately, I do have to abide by a little bit of the social norms depending on the area that I'm or the place that I'm in. But when I'm home, let me tell you, I have a bad day. I go take a shower. I get into my Fox Kigu and that is the best feeling in the whole world is just being my, my, you know, my foxy self. It's all about a time and a place. I don't know. That's my. Well, here's, here's something to bake your noodle. You don't stop being a furry at work. You know, you can separate behaviors. That's true. I mean, I have Fox stuff all over my office. Even at work, you still, you know, enjoy the aspects of the fandom. You know, you you, you still think about it. You, you know, it's not like you stop being a furry. You just understand that in certain situations, <laughs> you have to separate behavioral ability well, that's the big philosophical quandary, isn't it? Is furry the, the, the mind of the person or is furry the behavior? Because I think Rui is, is right in saying that, you know, he, he turns off the furry behavior. He doesn't do furry stuff at work. But uh, the question is, is furry the stuff you do or is furry the mindset? Is it, you know, are you born furry or do you, you know, become a furry by doing things that furries do? <laughs> Well, that's like you said, you know, you, you don't, you know, you're not running around in ears and a tail at work, but you have fox pictures and figures and oh, shit yeah. all over your desk that's all foxes. There's a reason. <laughs> I have a stack of fox photos that are that, that's that big, and I show them to like the children. Side note for come. listeners, <laughs> Rue is spreading his fingers approximately three inches apart. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I noticed that you guys couldn't listen. I mean, not listen. Wow. You couldn't visualize that. (laughs) But yeah, you know, so you, you, there's aspects of, of, you know, being a furry that you, you carry with you all the time, whether, you know, like I said, you're not running around in a fursuit all the time and wearing ears and a tail all the time. And there's a certain time and a place, just like you said, but there's, there's always an aspect of furry that, that sticks with you. That you're not able to right. possibly so 100% it, you know, turn off. It is, right. it is part of it. It's, a, it's an identity to, to a point. I think at the end of the day, it's how much, again, I go back to the individual. <laughs> right. How much do you want it to be an identity? Right. You know, because it can be the well, bigger part, but it could also be the, you know, where they're like, yeah, I just like to do it as a, you know, free hours kind of relax. <laughs> well, that's the you thing, know, kind is, of thing. You know, you've got you've got the whole spectrum from people who are, you know, I just like the porn. That's the only aspect of it I'm interested in and I have I you know, I don't do furry things. I don't have furry things to the people who, you know, can't get out of it and it destroys their life because they can't keep a job and they can't basically perform in normal society because they let it completely control their life. 
I'm going to bring this up. Sometimes I see in elementary schools people that are wearing ears, wearing tells, different things like that. They're they're bullied. They're made fun of. I I think it's great that they're showing their identity, right? They want to show it to their friends. They want to be like, I am a furry, you know. And but you know, just like how you know the the popular people are like, I'm the uh, well. They don't do that. They don't say I'm the popular person <laughs> or. You know, I'm like people don't walk around with a tuba that says I am yeah, I'm in band. Or, I'm Yay. in band. Like they don't do that either. So I think it's good to be able to show your sense of pride, but I, I fully believe that there's a time and a place. Uh-huh. You know, I don't think that ears in a tell when you're supposed to be learning about, I don't know, science or you know, English doing a spelling test. I don't I don't think that that's necessarily the place to be having those particular things. Well, again, that's that's kind of like the last subject. We could we could have a whole episode on this. One. Oh yeah, we could. <laughs> on the the subject of having an identity and furry being an identity, uh, we can talk about point number 9, which is about self-discovery. So, furry as an opportunity to learn something about yourself. Uh, so we have some of the quotes here. Uh, it's an honest exploration of myself in the form of self-created anthropomorphic creatures representing myself or some part of myself and their or my interactions with others. Being a fur is about exploration of self and community. It's about being able to show vulnerabilities that maybe you couldn't before because you're doing it through the safety of your sona. It's about letting yourself loose and being real fluffy while doing so. It's it helped me accept myself for who I am and discover things about myself that I otherwise would not have. I use my furry personas to help me deal with my emotions and discover my personality. Dividing parts of myself across my OCs helps my struggles with understanding myself. Being part or being myself without feeling bad about being a mistake. It's both a hobby and part of my identity. Many of my online interactions are with other furs and viewing other people's furry art I feel like I get to explore everyone else's expressions of identity and thus also reflect my own identity. I think Sammy had talked about this a little bit already, but this idea of furry as uh, an opportunity or a space to explore. Yeah, I mean, go. I mean, it definitely goes along with what we were talking about up in number, um, what was that, number six, when we were talking about the queer space. But it is definitely a way to you know discover yourself it gets you a chance to play with those aspects of yourself that maybe you wouldn't normally get to in a day-to-day you know society kind of thing and it's you know we're all taught that we've got to be specific ways but all the you know all the time and then we don't get to be what we want to be or be who we feel we want to be and we the nice thing is is we can come into the fandom and there's no expectations on who we have to be you know we only have to be ourselves and who that is is i think it gives us a chance for us all to decide that um in a way that other things don't give us that choice right well i mean Let's face it, society is suppressive. I mean, you have to be as you know, you you have to act a certain way. You have to be a certain kind of person. You have to look a certain way. Um, you know what I mean? 
normal society is is extremely suppressive. There's not a lot of room for self-discovery. Every, you know, everybody's talked about how they grew up and it's like I didn't I didn't grow up in a super religious environment, but I grew up in a super conservative environment. So, you know, there's not a whole lot of room for self-discovery and that kind of thing growing up. You need to be a certain way. You know, yeah, you 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 very much conform to uh, like I said, normal society, you you dress a certain way, you act a certain way, you look a certain way, because that's just how it is. Um, you know, and then you find something like this fandom that's so open and accepting, and uh, you know, it is a free space. It's you know, you can you can try things as far as self discovery goes that you would never you know, never think to try normally. I think it's very therapeutic. You know, it being... is extremely, um, you know, so one specific example is, um, you know, I grew up, like I said, super conservative, very straight. I was married, got divorced, um, you know, no kids. But then I found the fandom shortly after getting divorced, as a matter of fact, the time between finding the fandom and going to my first con was about three and a half months. I mean, you want to talk about diving in head first. Um, so I went to the, the, the first con, had, had bought a partial that was delivered to me at the con. Um, you know, so I'm at the fursuit dances and having a good time. I had no idea what, you know, what I was doing. But, you know, then I start dancing with, other people, other guys found one in particular that showed a lot of interest, you know, and we hung out and this and that and, it, and, you know, and then of course leaving the con, it was it emotionally destroyed me <laughs> because now I found this new aspect of myself through him. And, you know, and I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't anything like super heavy. We just hung out. We were, you know, but then I discovered things about myself that I never would have found without the fandom. You'd, uh, you'd mentioned the, the fursuit there, and I guess that, that nicely dovetails into the last one, the, the last category we looked at, which was fursuits. So this might, this might arguably the most, uh, the one that we might disagree on the most, so that there might be a bit of pushback on this one. But folks, you said that furry is about fursuits. So here's some quotes. It's an interest in anthropomorphic animals bringing joy to other people, for example, while suiting. It's about liking and dressing up as an anthropomorphic animal. It's, uh, I was obsessed with mascots for a kid, so it's a chance to let my ego run wild in goofy outfits that do something to my brain. It's simply liking anthro characters and, for me, enjoying fursuiting. It's being able to create and become your persona of an anthro animal and being able to pretend and act as such, fursuiting to fully become my creation. So what do you guys think? Is, is fursuiting part of the definition of being furry? Uh, or not. Well, one thing I have to jump in and and add is that every single one of us here, I think, except for you, Nuka, are fursuiters. Nuka oh, has I a fursuit. Fur you have a fursuit? Yeah. Nuka has a fursuit. I have never have hugged you. Ever you. Seen, I've seen pictures of it. I want a hug. <laughs> well, we're going to have to go to Canada for that. Uh, so yes, we are, we are all suitors here. <laughs> But is, is, is fursuiting part of what makes the furry or not? I, I certainly know that in more recent years, as we look to data on younger furries, 
more and more younger furries, I think, are treating the fan treating fursuiting as, if not an essential part of the fandom, definitely a desirable part of the fandom. There's this belief, you know, from day one, I step one, I gotta get a suit. I gotta get a suit, you know, otherwise I won't get taken seriously as a furry. I'm not sure if that was always the case or not, but it, it definitely seems that way that younger furries tends to focus more on suiting as as a part of what it means to be a furry. I would agree with that statement. I'll I'll admit I did, you know, that's like I said, I've I've I discovered the fandom. A month later I had built my first fursuit. <laughs> and then two months later I had bought a partial and gone to a con. So you know, uh, my first thought was, yeah, I need to build a costume. However, um, most of why I discovered furry is because of mascots and costuming. So, you know, my my whole furry experience has been skewed towards fursuiting. It's definitely a part of the fandom, but it's absolutely not necessary. Well, one point that I want to bring up is the, like with COVID that has came up recently, when was the last time that any one of us have um, gone fursuiting? BLFC. Yeah. Two years but ago. Before that, before that, yeah. it was BLFC yeah. that was two years before it. Yeah. So <laughs> we didn't have furry uh, fursuits during that time. Were we still furries? Right. Well, that's why I say yeah. it's, 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 an, it's um, definitely an important aspect of the fandom, but it's absolutely not a necessary one. You don't have to have a fursuit. You don't have to be able to make fursuits. You know, it 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 is becoming very prevalent, and you know, it's it is kind of unfortunate that a lot of people think you have to have one to be part of the fandom, but you absolutely don't. I'm gonna cycle back to pretty much everything I've said the entire time. Is it depends on the person. Again, a lot of this is. I mean, we go through this list, a lot of it is their own personal feeling and their own personal opinion. Now, none of, I'm not going to say any of it's wrong in any way, because as Click has stated, it, and, you know, you can be as furry as much as you want or as little as you want. And, you know, if fursuits is what it means to you to be a furry, then great. You know, personally, I love my I love my fursuits. I was one of those that, yeah, early on as well, I was like, oh, man, I really want to get a fursuit. I really want to get a fursuit. But it took me quite a few years yeah, before I could before even, you had one. yeah, before I could get to that point. And that was fine. You know, um, I will never not fursuit, but I do love it. But I don't think it will. It. It's what makes you a furry. Well, on that lovely note, we need to take a little break. We I, Voss is like knocking on the window saying, <laughs> Rue, Rue, we have to save. We have to save. We're going to lose the audio files. So let's take a quick break and we'll be right back.
And we're back. Uh, so just to finish up, I thought it would be fun to talk about some of the other points on the survey, some of the other categories that came up that they weren't in the top 10, but there were points that at least a few people sort of mentioned. And I thought it would be worth uh, mentioning just to kind of uh, uh, put it out there that uh, other people have very different thoughts on what counts as furry and certainly not everyone agrees. So one of the ones that came up was escapism, right? Escapism, the furry as a place to just escape from the real world. Quotes like, uh, furry is being able to escape and let loose for a bit. It's my unofficial therapy. Uh, a second category that came up was uh, the fact that a lot of people, not a lot of people, but some people in the furry fandom, this is their job. Looking to artists, for example, uh, the fandom is their job. It's their professional career. And so certainly for them, they're going to have a fairly unique perspective, if not a, a common perspective, uh, definitely a distinct or unique perspective. So some quotes here from, from some of those folks. Uh, I'm working full time creating furry art, and I'm happy that way. Without furry fandom or without the furry fandom, my life would be very sad. Uh, and then another quote here, which is a nice sort of contrast. To be completely honest, furry means absolutely nothing to me. If it disappeared overnight, I wouldn't give that much of a damn, with the exception of where do I get my money from, since I'm an artist. Uh, and finally, uh, there's the perspective of people for whom furry is predominantly a fetish uh, or a kink or having to do with sex. So we've got a few quotes here. Being a furry allows me to express myself more freely, not only with my interests, but with my sexual preferences and kinks. Another quote, being sexually attracted to anthros. Nice and simple. Uh, a third quote, it's my kink, along with a place where I've made the majority of my friends. And the fourth point, it's nothing deep. I just like art and porn. <laughs> so you see here three more perspectives along with the 10 perspectives that we've talked about today. Uh, definitely gives you a very nuanced perspective of the furry fandom. And I guess this leads nicely to, to final thoughts. Uh, I'll just share my final thoughts really quickly. If I've taken anything from this project, it's a realization that there's no one definition of furry. There's no one size fits all conceptualization of what furry is to people. It's gonna be a, a mix and matched combination of all of these different categories for different people. Uh, and it's just a matter of sort of how much of each one makes up your own definition of what being a furry is. Uh, what do you guys think? Any final thoughts? I just wanna say when it comes to that, answering that question, what is furry? No matter who you are, you um everybody's gonna have a different definition um but i do want to say that i you know welcome welcome that you're here as long as you're not harming somebody else you're welcome in this community and i think that um yeah that's all i'm gonna say well you know we went through 10 aspects and all of them ask is this an essential aspect of furry and the answer is yes they all are there's no like like Nuka said. There's no one thing that's furry. It's it's a mishmash of so many different things and so many different people, and that's what makes it great. And and you know the fact that you can be kind of a furry or not interested at all, but still be involved in the fandom to somebody who's a complete lifestyler and you're always accepted is is one of the best things about the fandom. Yeah. Um, there's, I don't remember where I first heard it. It was probably on YouTube somewhere, but, um, I remember hearing somewhere where it was basically the same as what it, what is a furry or what is furry? Um, and the answer that 
was given was, well, you can ask that question to 10 people, 10 furries, you'll get 11 different answers <laughs> because it's different for everybody. But the nice thing is, is we can do that because furry is what we make it. There is no basis in a already created media. You know, it's different in that aspect of there's no commercial item that well, starts it. Furry it's, is a self-made fandom. It's, it's not based on somebody else's IP. Exactly. So being furry can be whatever you want it to be. So on that, we are going to start wrapping up here. Um, we appreciate everybody who's been listening along to this point. And we want to thank our, well, we've got no guests, but we want to thank all of our hosts that took the time to be able to come out and talk about this for a while. Um, as usual, you can always find us online at forwhatitsworth.com. And again, it's for, F-U-R, whatitsworth.com. Um, we are also on Twitter at for what it's worth. Um, we do have a, a very active uh, Telegram chat um, and Telegram channel. Um, so you can get messages on what we're doing, what the next episodes are going to be. Um, and then you can chat with, you know, other folks who listen to the podcast. It's also just a great space to just be able to chat with other, other furs. Um, so to do that, you'll just want to message Rue directly on Telegram. You can reach him at wine red Fox, um, and he'll be able to get you into the, uh, chats. Uh, we do have emails as well if you ever want to send an email into the show um, you can send a generic to the cast at for what it's worth.com um, or if you're looking for um, an individual to email maybe you have some specific questions um, you can always email us individually um, for example like i'm sammy at for what it's worth.com and um, everyone's is the same just their name at for what it's worth.com so we do have our um, speak pipe as well for if you prefer to send in an audio file um, over typing something out, you can send us a speak pipe and that's just speak, speakpipe.com forward slash FWIW. We do always like getting uh, feedback on the episodes and the episode topics. So if, even if you just want to send in a quick email about how you like the episode, maybe you learned something or thought of something, you know, maybe we brought something up that you hadn't thought of, or if there's something we miss, missed that you'd like to have brought up, you know, let us know. As always, um, you know, tell a friend if you like the show, send it on to somebody. You know, this might be a good one to send on to a friend who maybe dabbling starting to get into the furry fandom and isn't quite sure what to do so um this would i think would be a great one to send on to to someone who's maybe a little more new and then just to move on we are gonna have our next episode um is gonna be ran by myself and nuka um and we're gonna be talking about plushies yeah um i personally love plushies i have a plush suit so um i think it's a great uh topic so and i'm gonna love... just be at the episode just in a, a suit the whole time right yes. yeah that, that's <laughs> just gonna in be a plush a, suit yeah 
Not that you'll hear me behind. But um, I'd love to get emails or speak pike messages, um, you know, about, you know, do you love plushies? You know, do you have, um, you know, basically it's uh, what do we love about them? You know, they're a comfort thing. Is it a, you know, you just love them because you've always loved them thing? And we also want to talk about the, you know, the kink side of it because there is a kink side to it as well and i feel like that would be a good uh topic to spend some time on but um other than that i think we're all done awesome so thank you very much everyone for for listening and uh i've been nuka this has been rue and sammy and click and boss and this has been for, for what, what it's, it's worth, worth.